Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to shine the spotlight on our membership program. With it, you can get up to 50% off our brands, discover dozens of new innovative outdoor startups, receive first access to new products, gain access to ambassador programs for over 50 of our startups, and receive first access to purchase demo and trade show gear at 30 to 60% off. Head to readyyeti.com slash members to sign up. Hello and welcome to the Ready Eddie Podcast. On today's episode, I got to sit down with Nick Marvick, the founder of Northwest Tech Outerwear. Northwest Tech makes custom ski and snowboard jackets, pants, and bibs. This is actually the first podcast episode that we actually ever recorded. When I chatted with Nick, we did not record this in the intention of actually producing a podcast, but we thought the content was valuable enough to actually put together and offer to you guys so you could hear from Nick exactly how he got his start, where his business is going in the future, and really get to know what it's like running a company in the outdoor world. Northwest Tech, they make, like I said, custom outerwear jackets. Um, You can customize the colors, the zipper pattern. You have a bunch of features that you can add from a powder skirt to pit zips. They're pretty sweet. I've got a jacket myself. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So with that, um, yeah, let's get right into it. First question, um, how did the idea for your business come about and how did you get started? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I've been skiing since I've been probably three or four. So skiing all my life about 30 or 40 days a year. Um, and you know, I had this frustration with going out and spending, you know, X dollars, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars on a, you know, a new waterproof jacket and a pair of pants, uh, basically every single season. Um, and then more specifically, you know, rolling up in the lift line or sitting to someone on the chairlift that's wearing the exact same thing. Um, you know, action sports and specifically skiing and snowboarding are so driven by kind of individuality and unique style. And that just seemed, I don't know, it kind of like <laughs> kind of puts a, uh, a damper on your mood when you spend all this money and you're stoked on your gear and then, you know, your buddy or your buddy's friend has the same stuff. You're kind of like, oh, that's not very cool. <laughs> so uh, long story short, I ended up learning how to sew um, waterproof outerwear in college um, and made, literally made my own ski jacket in uh, my college dorm room. Um, and basically what happened was I made my own ski jacket. It was the only ski jacket like that in the world. And then a bunch of people started asking questions and wanting me to make them custom ski jackets. So I literally started making custom ski jackets out of my basement in uh, Bellingham, Washington, while I was going to school. And, you know, at that time, I didn't really even know what I was doing. I didn't I didn't have any really interest in being in the outerwear business. Um, and I was kind of... Um, just getting started with the business school and, and focusing on a marketing degree. Um, so the combination of those two things kind of led me to like have this side project. You know, I'd go home and sew jackets. Really what I was doing was validating this idea that, you know, custom outerwear in the ski and snowboard market was was a real thing. And then additionally, you know, people actually would pay for this. Um, so basically throughout my 
June, sophomore and junior year, I validated this idea and was throwing jackets out of my basement. Um, and it, uh, it got to the point where I couldn't really keep up with it. And I ended up uh, hiring some steam, local seamstresses on Craigslist, um, which is actually kind of funny in itself. But so basically, I would you know get these orders through my friends uh, online, you name it, and kind of just throw them to the seamstresses. Um, and basically, you know, I'm, I'm going through the business school at the same time and learning more about business. And I learned how to build a website um, and learning how to drive traffic to this website and and all this, all, all the pieces kind of came together that said, hey, like, you know, you've, you've sold, I don't know how many packets I sold, 20 or so. Um, and, you know, this, this is a real thing. Like, you, you know, if you figure this out, like, this is something that is actually doable. And, um, you know, I had a vision and it's really very similar to what Nike's always done with their custom shoes. Um, not necessarily what I would call rocket science, but it, it just isn't being done. Um, you know, the idea of taking a waterproof jacket or pant and being able to, really just customize the colors and the features. Um, you can go big and get something expensive, or you can, you know, keep it simple. Um, I think what's interesting is a lot of the product on the market today is just totally, it's really just overkill. You know, you see jackets with, like, 19 pockets on it, and it's like, what are you going to do with 19 <laughs> pockets? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What, you know, like, I, I've been skiing my whole life, and at most, you know, maybe four. <laughs> I got an iPod, a phone you know, maybe a beer, you name it, right? So, like, <laughs> giving giving people the options of keeping it simple or, you know, giving people the options of you know, going big, and that's where you see our different zipper layouts and our different technical feature options. Um, so I ended up graduating, and that's when I officially started the business. Everything before that was literally, like, just under the table. It wasn't a real business. Um, and the biggest kind of kicker was that I needed to find legit manufacturing. Uh, up until that point, it was me and then seamstresses. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, that's not really a product that I think is acceptable to sell in a retail environment, let alone just in general. Uh, right. So I ended up connecting with a uh, local manufacturing, apparel manufacturing facility here in uh, South Seattle. And they're arguably one of the one of the best in Seattle. There's not a ton in Seattle, but of the ones that are still left there, definitely on the, the upper end. And really just pitched them this idea and you know at first they were like you're crazy because um, traditional manufacturing most you know 99 percent of manufacturing these days these days is non-custom um you know they're making hundreds if not hundreds of thousands of units in the same color same size right so me going right. in there is you know a young kid being like hey i want you to make individual units you know you have to <laughs> cut out each one they basically told me i was crazy um and for some reason, I, I don't even know what the answer is, just plain luck, really. They must have really liked me. I ended up convincing them to work with us. Um, and pretty much since then, we've been developing a customized manufacturing process that not only works for us and our customers, but additionally works for this manufacturing facility as well, which is, is super crucial to our business. Like, we're not we're not vertically integrated. So, um, you know, we, we basically have a subcontracting that we have a, a really deep partnership with that, that does all of our manufacturing. Um, so that's kind of the background on on how it got started. That's awesome. That's a, that's a really cool story, and I think uh, I think people will be really very interested to sort of see, you know, from your perspective, sort of the process you went through. Um, so yep. Going off of that, um, 
you know, you talked about the fact that there was really no uh, customizable option out there. So it, like, this sort of leads into my next question of, like, you know, with the business, what sort of inspires you? Um, you know, uh, what inspirations do you have that really, you know, excited you to go full-blown into this? Yeah, um, I think to really simplify it, it's that, you know, every piece of outerwear um, has its own story, you know, like literally every piece of gear we make is completely different and that matches up against the story that some customer has. And I think that in itself um, is just kind of unique and appealing and fun. Um, additionally, you know, it's extremely challenging to build a, a business model, um, you know, kind of around this direct-to-consumer um non-wholesale, um, you know, kind of model. I've always kind of right. been not really a big fan of um, just the wholesale model and working with retailers. Like, fundamentally, it's just, it's very challenging. So um, our business model in general is just inversely different. Um, and then additionally, you know, our products are, are quite different in that every single one is literally different. So I would say that's, you know, pretty much it, that every product comes along with its own, you know, unique custom story. Cool. Um, oh yeah, and you touched on this. Uh, you said that you grew up skiing, um, but yep. what, what is your like in more detail? What what is your background? You know, with the sport. Um, as yeah, a so I I grew up skiing here in Washington. Um, ended up becoming you know a, a very very avid you know what we call a freestyle skier. Um, was pretty pretty you know active in the park scene here in Washington um, back in. Back in my early days, uh, Road for Line Skis, Wired Energy Drinks, um, a couple other companies. Um, but basically, like, was, you know, just skied as much as I could around, you know, the local local resorts here in Washington, met a lot of people. Um, didn't ever directly work in the industry uh, up until I started this company. Um, but, I mean, obviously had a fair amount of experience, you know, with different products and riding with my friends. Um yeah, I'd say that's kind of my my background. That's awesome. Just avid skier. Um, <laughs> hey, man, I'm right there with you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. What's it called? Um, yeah, you mentioned this with, with uh, you know, developing your product sort of like simplistically, you know, the steps you went through. But I'm wondering, you know, what what testing went into it? You know, what do you have? And maybe, you know, some images of old iterations or prototypes. You know, what really... What did you do to test to make sure that your product was, you know, top of the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely have some images of some of the first first jackets. Um, really, I mean, this started back in college, you know, like all the jackets I made, you know, I would really demand feedback from people. And admittingly, I'd say, hey, like, I'm going to make you this jacket. You know, it's not going to be perfect. Like, I'm making you this jacket. <laughs> I'm not a professional <laughs> sewer. Um, I'm pretty good, but, you know, I haven't been sewing jackets for years and years. Um, so really, you know, the first, let's say, three years while I was in college was just getting kind of product market um, feedback with, you know, my buddies who were arguably some of the best gears here in the Northwest, um, you know, riding in the jackets, telling me what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and then, you know, on, on the kind of fabric and waterproofing side, um, there's really, you know, you can get overcomplicated, and, and we definitely don't really take that approach. You know, we're not... We're not a North Face. We're not a Heli Hansen or, you know, another big company that's producing proprietary fabric. Um, you know, we basically had two goals. 
um, find waterproof zippers and find 20K waterproof breathable fabric. Um, and we have a couple big kind of roadblocks that we have to work through anytime we work with a supplier. And those are basically um, the, the ability to custom dye colors. Um, at a relatively low minimum order quantity. So traditionally, when you order, you know, materials overseas, most minimum order quantities are a thousand meters and above. Um, and oh man! For some, for some reason, I, again, you know, getting lucky here, um, I was able to convince all of our suppliers that hey, we're not going to be able to meet that minimum order quantity, and you should work with us on a, a smaller basis. Huh. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, we we basically sourced three-layer waterproof breathable 20K fabric, which uh, actually took a couple years to get to 20K. We were in 10K, um, and it was kind of a, a big benchmark for us to hit that 20K waterproofing mark, um, especially here in, in Washington where the majority of our, you know, snow is relatively wet compared to yeah. you know, Colorado or really anywhere else. Um, hey, and back in the zippers, east, it's just as heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then zippers, you know, we actually just recently switched zipper manufacturers. We had a we had a pretty good uh, zipper supplier overseas that was just giving us a generic waterproof zipper, but uh, we actually they put out a bad batch, um, unfortunately, and we had about twenty or so customers end up breaking their zippers. So we ended up removing all those zippers and just went with a whole new zipper supplier altogether, which is uh, Key Zippers. They're a direct competitor to YKK. Um, those were kind of the two big kind of roadblocks as far as like the materials, you know, like those are two fundamental materials that in order for a waterproof garment to really work, like those have to be, those have to be spot on. Um, so, you know, other than that, you know, every year we're kind of iterating based on feedback we get, um, not necessarily on the materials. I'd say we've gotten great feedback on the materials, but um, specifically some of the add-on product features. So, when we first started, um, I think the first, the only feature you could add was like side vents, so pit zips, basically. Um, right. And over the course of the last couple of years, we've added wrist gaiters, and then we've also added um, an optional powder skirt. Um, so both of those features are actually a pretty big initiative in that our jackets didn't used to be lined. Um, in order to support those features, we had to line them. Um, so the, the product's really developed quite a bit over the over the past few years, literally based on our customers' feedback. Um, if they tell us something and enough people tell us something, and we request it from them. I mean, we, we're constantly asking people, looking for feedback, leveraging our riders to get feedback. Um, you know, we'll, we'll implement it. Um, and I think one of the exciting things about our company is that we're not a big company, so we're able to kind of capitalize on this. Um, you know, kind of super small startup business and that usually when you hear from us, it's, it's literally going to be us. <laughs> right. Either me or <laughs> my business par- partner, Ryan. And then, you know, so if we put, try to put a good face to, to the brand and get in front of people. Um, and then additionally, you know, we don't have a lot of layers to hop through when it comes to rolling out these changes. I mean, we're, you know, like we're the decision makers. <laughs> we want to do something, we'll, we'll do it. And, you know, we don't have to go overseas or travel um, to really make things happen. You know, the factory is 15 minutes away from where I live, so um, we can we can implement changes and then roll things out relatively um, quickly compared to you know some of the other brands in the space. That's awesome. 
Okay, next question. Uh, I, I assume, you know, over the course of this, you've had to have had some kind of mentor, um, you know, going through this journey or so. Um, yeah, I was wondering who they are and how, how they sort of helped you in your business grow. Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it's funny. I haven't really had – I've had a lot of different mentors, and I wouldn't necessarily say they're specific to just Northwest Tech, but more just my career in general. Um, mm-hmm. First one was John Marini. He was my boss at Amazon, um, and he's still he doesn't work at Amazon anymore. He lives in San Francisco now, but uh, he's still my mentor. Great guy, uh, senior marketing manager. Um, he basically taught me a ton about marketing um, and just kind of fundamental business life. He also had a startup um, on the side himself that he ended up running for about ten years and then selling to a fairly large company. Um, he's a good friend of mine, been a great mentor. Um, the other one is Trent Griffin, who um, is like a senior economic analysis for Microsoft. Um, he's actually my girlfriend's dad, um, which is kind of funny. But he's, he's been a <laughs> great mentor. Um, he's very, very connected. Um, he's also an author. Um, so, I mean, he like he just blows my mind with the stuff he says and, and makes me think a lot differently about stuff. Um so then I'd say probably one of the biggest ones, and I, I kind of skipped over this. I probably should have said this one first, but uh, it's Dan Purdy, and he was my college – he was one of my college professor, marketing professors, and one of the things that I did in college that was really fundamental to this business getting started was I ended up creating um, some independent study courses around um, kind of lean startup and entrepreneurship, and – Basically, what I did was Dan was one of the main marketing professors in the marketing school, and I went to him and said, hey, you know, I just built this cool website, learned how to, you know, code, build this website, and I've got this cool product. I want to explore these two topics through private classes with you. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what an independent study course is or not, but it's basically like you can create your own class for a certain amount of credits. Um, right. So it was great. Like, those classes weren't offered at my college, so I basically got to study those principles myself on this idea of Northwest Tech. Um, and again, at that time, it wasn't an official business, but we still had a product and I had a website. So um, I got to learn a lot about kind of lean startup methodologies and hypothesizing and testing and validating, um, and then got to learn a lot about kind of entrepreneurship and stuff. So that was really, really fundamental to kind of kickstarting my career. And I don't work with Dan, you know, much these days because we live in different towns now. But uh, I'd say while I was at college, that was that was definitely my key mentor for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, next question. Um, what is your commitment to sustainable manufacturing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um <laughs> I guess it depends what you mean about sustainable. Um, you know, our kind of approach right now is that we're creating jobs in Seattle, which is which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's probably our, you know, if you were to say what's your biggest benefit to manufacturing in Seattle, you know, aside from the business cases, like just the fact that we're, we're literally creating jobs in Seattle. Cool. Next question. Um, what kind of culture exists in your organization? Yeah. Um, pretty small obviously it's just two guys Um, (laughs) right but it's i don't know i mean it's pretty pretty free you know it's pretty flexible like we both work remotely we make our own schedules um 
a lot of our work is being done by night, obviously, because we have full-time jobs. Um, you know, we, we both come from technology backgrounds, so, um, you know, we have we definitely ask some questions and have to make, you know, um, big decisions. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. We, we use data as much as we can to kind of drive some of our decisions, and we do a lot of measurement and analysis and just analytics and stuff. Um, so as far as culture, I mean, we're only two guys, so huh, there's there's not yeah. a ton of culture that goes on. Um, but you know, we connect about once a week, and then we use Slack. Are you familiar with Slack? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I use it for my <laughs> my business. I mean, well. that that's our baby. Like, I mean, that's yeah. You know, like that's how we communicate. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in action sports? Yeah, the winter sports industry. Yeah, good question. I would really, I, I really stress a lot on validation, validation and differentiation. Um, and like I mentioned before, like it's not really hard to go and start an apparel business and just make a different design. You know, like that's not really challenging. And in my opinion, it's not really innovative. There's so many brands out there that are making really, really similar products. Um, I mean, that's, that's great, but it's not really different. And I'm, you know, again, kind of a, a fan of innovation and differentiation. So, um, I kind of, I'd like to see that, you know, and I think, I think customers in the market like to see that also something that's different than, you know, the thousands of other brands that are doing stuff. Um, right. and then additionally validation, like, you know, there's, I see so many people across so many different types of businesses and industries that, don't validate their ideas until they invest a ton of money, like a ton of money. And I, I just don't really get it. Like, you know, this kind of goes back to my story in that, you know, Josh, I validated my idea without investing a dollar because people were paying me to make these jackets in college. And that was like, that was how I was basically told, hey, like people, there's a demand for this. And additionally, people will pay you for this. Um, and I see that time and time again, people don't really do and they invest. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in something that, like, really is just a big guess. So, you know, if there's any way that people can get out there and validate their product or service offering, like, that's definitely what I recommend. Um, yeah. Especially if you don't recommend. have to invest a bunch of money. Without a doubt. So I'll recommend that people read The Lean Startup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Where do you see your business in the next year, five years, ten years? Yeah, good question. Um, so really, you know, we've kind of used um, specifically the ski and snowboard market is what I would describe our beachhead audience. It's our first kind of initial market to not only validate our products, but help us gain some traction um, and kind of, you know, initial initial development um, and really a customer base. At the end of the day, Josh, we, we kind of envision Northwest Tech is not so much um, the leader in customizable ski and snowboard wear, but we envision Northwest Tech as the leader in customizable action sports apparel in general. Um, so I'll let you make what you want of that, but uh, you can imagine <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot bigger than just the ski and snowboard market. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, last question. What's the best part of running your business? Freedom. Freedom, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm definitely someone who likes to make something out of nothing and based on, you know, I've worked for Amazon, I've worked for a consulting firm and I work for Evo now. Um, 
And, you know, anytime a business gets above, shoot, five people, you know, a lot changes. Um, You've got to hop through a lot of layers. You've got to make business cases. I love the fact that if we have a hypothesis or a theory, we can test it without having to, you know, get sign-off from other people. Um, You know, if I want to send an email and ask people, hey, like, what do you think about this? Like, I'll go home tonight and send it. Um, I think really just the freedom and flexibility to kind of define your own path and do your own thing is, is um, my favorite aspect. That that's what kind of that's what kind of drives me. Um, and additionally, that's what we learn from. And, and learning is really exciting right now for me in my career. I'm, I'm young, so the more I can learn, the better. And so yeah, I would awesome. say that's pretty much the main thing. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week.